welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello, welcome back. It's another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am here with my buddy. You know what? Screw it. I'm not going to call you buddy anymore. Ryan is a, is from here on out co-host Ryan Ortega. You can find him on Twitter, Sports Guy Ryan. He's here every week. He's actually he's going to be here more weeks than I am. Uh, so just stick around for that. But how are you doing, co-host Ryan? Doing great, man. Uh, just beautiful day. Trying to prep for uh, this home opener. I got some buddies flying in from North Carolina and uh, to to come see the game. So I got to get the house prepped, mow the lawn, you know, make sure that it doesn't look like we're complete slobs here. So, uh, you know, pretty pretty excited for this weekend. And I think we get to see you this weekend as well, right? Yes, yes, you will get. I will make an appearance. Uh, it'll be you, me. Miles, uh, Flip Mozzie's coming to town. Uh, some other Twitter friends that we have uh, will also be here. So I, I'm excited. Uh, if we bring positive energy towards the team with with our infectious personalities, uh, maybe we can win. Uh, maybe we can win a football game. So. Uh, let's hope. Hey, I hope. I love my twi- I love my uh, in person Vikings record. Is I, I think I went through and counted. I'm about twenty three and two. I think is the accurate number. Um, and I like you know, two guys. losses. Yeah, two losses were um, one away game, uh, Kansas City Matt Moore game a couple of seasons ago, uh, and then a at home random Chicago Bears loss. Um, outside of that. Every every game I've been to, we've won. I picked lucky, I guess, but <laughs> I love it. I love the new soundbite. Uh, yeah, so hopefully that that you know me good off. luck streak continues a little bit because uh, we we sure need it this weekend. I mean, we could have just used it for like five seconds last week, really, just five seconds. Uh, and I planned to go to that game too uh, until um, my buddy decided to get married down in Mexico. Um, so we, you know, that took precedent in terms of my uh, budgetary funds for travel. Oh my goodness! You hear everybody in chat or who's listening to this pod, don't blame Greg Joseph. Don't blame Mike Zimmer. <laughs> it's all Ryan's fault. It's uh, all my sp- fault. Speaking of people in the chat, uh, we got some regulars that I want to. Give a shout out to Mary is always here every Wednesday. Uh, speaking of someone on this show more than I am, I feel like Mary uh, is makes quite a quite a bit of appearances here. Uh, Dan is back. Uh, I've seen Raymond here before, so uh, yeah, this should this should be a fun show. Are you? I know you right before the show launched, you uh, you ran and grabbed a beer. Uh, what yep. do we got tonight? Uh, you know, so we went to the Saints game, not last weekend, the weekend, weekend before St. Paul Saints, uh, minor league baseball. And, um, they were selling these beers out of base plastic baseball bats, which were just, out, you know, that's fun. Right. A uh, big old beer. I think it's only like, yeah, it's like 20 ounces or something like that. But, um, and they had all these Minnesota home, you know, like home Minnesota beers, you know, craft beers. And my wife had never tried the Surly Supreme, the grapefruit. 
Oh yeah. And so, so I, I, I think I thought she was going to like it and she absolutely loved it. We ended up drinking like three of those bats each. And, um, <laughs> and so I had to pick some up from for home as well. So they have, uh, how about you? Oh, I'm just, I'm just drinking the, the regular Elijah Craig tonight. I, I don't know. I've started my fall whiskey drinking a little bit early this year. Um, and so I think I'm just yeah, going to double I need down about on 10 it. degrees colder. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting kind of toasty in here myself. I, uh, I don't want, I got the windows open, but I don't have the air on. What's it only like 60 degrees. So if there was a little bit of a breeze, that would be perfect. <laughs> Mark, that's perfect. I love it. <laughs> oh my great. goodness. Mark made a comment uh, in the chat that Nebraska lost to Oklahoma because of a kicker universe had to even itself out well just in ryan's universe really um dave <laughs> do you have anything you're drinking tonight <laughs> when do i not? i know it's, it's a dumb question but i should ask well i i was trying to catch the the opening of the can sound and the pouring just a little while ago i'm drinking carbon hear it yes yeah, good carbock the company local company between here and houston Rodeo Clown. Let me get it closer to here. Double IPA. This thing is a beautiful. It's got a, uh, it's hard to see, but it's a clown in a barrel. Um, So is that different than, I've seen like clown shoes before as as like a beer. You guys know what I'm talking about? No, but I wouldn't doubt it. uh, I mean, there's all sorts of, with uh, microbrews, there's all sorts of names for beers. Yeah. Anything well, goes. Anything will work. As long as it tastes good. And this tastes awesome. It's got an 85 IBU, which is extremely bitter, which I love, and a 9.5 ABV. Let's go. We're going to get rowdy tonight, folks. Well, uh, let's let's start off. We'll get last week out of the way. Dave, I saw your comment. I can't fix my camera. I don't know what's going on with it. Um, let's start with last week, Ryan. Uh, in Everyone, if, if you're following Climb in the Pocket, you kind of heard what I had to say on final score right after the game uh, and saw our immediate reactions to the missed kick. But I don't know if enough people have heard what you have to say about last week's game, Ryan. So uh, I'm going to toss it to you, the only person on the show that predicted the Cardinals to win. Um, what was your emotion of the missed field goal? What were your reactions? Uh, I, yeah. I- yeah, I mean, I was really, you know, I like being right, but I, I really wanted to be wrong right there. I really did. Um, so that game actually Remove played out that perfectly. Right there. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> no, that that game really worked out really perfectly for me up until that missed kick, right? Because um, I wanted Kyler Murray to put on a show. I enjoy watching the greatness that's that's him in terms of just the how fun he is to watch, and um, but I wanted. Show something. I really think he. I was. I was kind of hard on Kirk last week um, in terms of um, you know that first game and just kind of dinking and dunking his way to a good stat line. His stats were worse this week in ter- at least in terms of like passing yards. Um, but he played better in my opinion. He he took shots downfield. He was more aggressive. He played with a you know more awareness and he and he really showed me that if he could play like that every week. That's perfect. That's the Kirk that I want to see. And that's the Kirk I believe in. 
again, I'm, I, I've said repeatedly before, I'm not a Kirk Cater. I just want him to show up every week and show out every week. So um, he showed me that. I got a show by Kyler Murray. I was really excited about it. I got great fantasy numbers from him in all the leagues that I have him in. Um, and it came down where we were driving down the field. We were set up to win the game. I was ready to be 0-2 on the Vikings prediction here on the show. And, uh, and then we missed. And I was watching. My son was right next to me, and he was you know watching the game. He's a big Kyler Murray fan as well, so we were watching the game together. And he, he showed more emotion than I did because, for me, it was just, uh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that just went under my breath. <laughs> Um, just, but like it was expected and he was just like, Oh, come on. Are you kidding? Like just with in an eight year old voice and yeah, he was. And so I, I, I go to him and I said, buddy, welcome to Vikings fandom. So it's, it's what you expect. Um, it's, it's what happened. I was, I, I tease, or I guess I kind of maybe jinxed us because on, um, Hot takes. I subbed in for Flip Mozzie last week on Hot Takes with Eric Thompson, and my lap. Uh, well, I think my second question to Eric was, "How many kicks in a row does Greg Joseph need to make for you to feel comfortable?" Because he made those two fifty yarders week one, and uh, that must have jinxed us because um, I was feeling really comfortable with him until that moment, and I actually started to kind of. Like my, my, my heart wasn't beating as fast. I was like, all right, this is a made kick. This is easy. Um, and, and it happened to not go in. And I just said, why do I do this to myself? Why do I believe? So, um, so yeah, that, I guess that's my reaction. I know a lot of people were giving Mike Zimmer flack for not trying to gain some extra yards. I do agree. You know, I think we probably should have, you know, we had a couple boneheaded decisions uh, from a coaching perspective that, um, especially that second half, I think our offense played much worse. Uh, just from a play calling perspective, we were less aggressive. Uh, we weren't uh, calling as many um, exciting plays. I think that's on Clint. I don't really necessarily think that was on Kirk. And uh, yeah, and like I said, it, it was a good game overall to watch. It was just a horrible ending. Yeah. Uh, so again, it sounds like I said it once before, but we can blame you for the loss then. So you, I'll take you, it. you jinxed us by not going to the game, but also even before going to the game, you jinxed us on Vikings hot takes last week. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Ryan. bad. Be careful what you yeah. say on this show tonight because you're here to <laughs> pump the fan base full of optimism um, I did want to give a shout out to Justin. I saw him in the chat. Um, and Justin, I think you know what I'm drinking. Uh, I commented on your post a couple weeks ago, but uh, some Elijah Craig tonight. So uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll spend a little bit more time on this on this Vikings game last week versus the Cardinals. Um, and I wanted to ask you if there was anything in particular that stood out to you. Um, I know you mentioned Kirk Cousins. He had a really good game. Um I think obviously one for me, and, and Dave will love this one. Uh, but Ezra Cleveland, again, had another solid performance. Um, I think I saw it today on Twitter that he has like two of the best PFF-graded uh, offensive guard performances for the Vikings. Was it like the last 10, 15 years, something like that? I, d I didn't look – it was. I was just scrolling through. But um, phenomenal. He was my take-a-leap player this year. Um, and through two games – um, okay, 
we can get rid of those. Yeah, get that out of here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, through two games, he he's been great, and all we've asked for for the past five years, whatever four years, is average O line play. Ezra Cleveland is giving us more than that right now. I think Ole Udo is giving us the average, and he's got some pretty standout plays. I think Ezra has is kind of a little bit higher than that. Um, so, yeah. That's yeah. my takeaway from the game, Ezra Cleveland. I don't know if there's anybody on your side that that you want to call out. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got uh, you know you got the big names, right? I think uh, Daniel Hunter kind of showed us that he's kind of maybe back to true form. I mean, a three sack three sack game, um, both on the left and the right side. I think, and and they, I mean, they don't have elite tackle play, but they have good tackle play. I mean, they're, they're good players over there. And so for him to be able to, you know, utilize different moves to be able to get to those sacks and again, and to get a player like Kyler Murray on the ground, ground. he's, he's a tough guy to get down. Uh, he's very elusive. Like I think so, I saw in the comments here, he's just so elusive and fun to watch. You know, part of that is when he does get sacked, it's a big deal, especially for a guy like uh, Daniel Hunter to kind of make some noise there. Uh, you know, lesser kind of un, not unsung hero, uh, but I was going to go the same route is pretty much everyone on that offensive line played well, except for Rashad Hill. Um, so it, it was good to kind of see them maybe getting a little bit more cohesive. Um, I'm hoping I, I noticed that Darosaw was practicing, I think a little bit more than he has been today. Um, so I'm hoping that, uh, you know, he's inching closer to that healthy spot. Um, I'll remind, you know, the, the listeners here, I was really big on Darosaw. I actually had him ranked, um, uh, offensive tackle two out of this class. And I, that is ahead of Rashawn Slater, who uh, I'll admit my wrong here. I just thought he wasn't going to be a tackle in the NFL. I thought he, he was going to be an elite guard and he's proven me wrong. He's handling his duties out in, uh, for the, um, for the chargers, you know, swimmingly. So, um, he's doing great. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, again, the game overall, obviously defense wasn't as great as we hoped it would be. But, again, you're going against a player that's very hard to contain and who can make something out of nothing. And it doesn't help. It's, I think somebody said something about the squib kick in here. I think it was Raymond uh, mentioned something about the squib yeah. kick. And I agree. I mean, squib kick is kind of an, an odd thing. But at the same time, we wouldn't be talking squib kick if – you could three of those guys could go and tackle Rondell Moore. I mean, he shouldn't have been able to get the extra 15 yards he got by, you know, going, look like he's going out of bounds, cut back in, make a guy miss, make two guys miss, and then scramble up and get into field goal range. So um, I, I think that's more on our defense and our tackling than it was on the squib kick, personally. Yeah. And I, I want to go back to Mary's comment for a second. Uh, you kind of alluded to it when you were talking about the Vikings-Cardinals game last week, but Mary asked if we could talk about the decision with Zimmer in 30 seconds, 36 seconds left. I assume she's talking about the end of the game. Yeah. Um, and I think I've been pretty, well, maybe not as outspoken as, as some people, but I I disagreed with the fact that they just let that, uh, th- that clock tick down and didn't try for extra yards. I think sometimes Zimmer... Um, I don't want to call it recency bias because that doesn't sound right, but I think he was a little scarred still from the week before of, you know, getting into Bengal territory, thinking you're setting yourself up for a field goal to win Dalvin Cook fumbles. And I don't think he wanted to take that chance again, even though it's very slim. Analytics would say 
try for it, it would increase your, your odds. Um, if you want to play by the analytical numbers, um, and I'm on that side. I, I wish they would have done something. Um, yeah. But there are other people that, that feel the other way, um, that they should have just, you know, ran the clock out and gone for the win. What What are your thoughts on it? Um, do you have the same viewpoint as I do? or? Um, I, I do, actually. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm always on the side of you need to go play the score. And if you have time available, and again, obviously I'm not saying take a timeout at 36 seconds and use your last timeout and, and um, you know, get yourself into trouble that way. But, you know, you, you 36 seconds is plenty of time for you to be able to get up to the line of scrimmage, hand the ball off, run a quick pass play, whatever it is that you want to run. And, you know, with, you know, I, I, I disagree with a pass. I wouldn't have done a pass play uh, with the risk of a potential sack or something like that. But you hand the ball off. I know Dalvin Cook was kind of banged up at the end there. Um, that's what a backup running back's for. Again, what we're not, what we're, we're just trying to get a little closer. We're not trying to hit a home run. I mean, if you hit one, great, but you're just trying to get a little closer. And if you hand that ball off to Madison, even, you know, and he gets three yards, that's three less yards that we have to worry about with that ball veering right or left. Right. Um, so I'm always on the side of trying to get as close as you can with the time that you have before you just call it quits and call the timeout. Um, the recency bias thing. I mean, I, I guess I understand from a, from a, you know, a certain aspect of that. I mean, I guess you, you don't want to have to put the, you know, potentially put the ball on the ground, but at the same time, and I know you have confidence in your kicker, but at the same time, you know, if you're not doing everything you can to put yourself in the best position, worst case scenario, I mean, do we know, I I guess, I don't know. They probably do. Um, Does Greg Joseph like it on the right hash? Does he like it on the left hash? Does he like it in the center? I mean, where, you know, we could have helped him out a little bit and I just think we didn't do anything um, unless again he just likes it on the right hash um, and, and the one thing that kind of bothers me is people will keep talking about oh Bengals week one you know we fumbled in in the you know in Bengals territory guys we, yeah we're in Bengals territory it was a 55 yard field goal from where he fumbled the ball so from where he got tackled if he had not fumbled it was still 55 That's yards of course we had some more we had some more time to make some more progress but that Bengals defense was playing really well 55 yards, there's no guarantee Greg Joseph's going to make a 55-yard kick. There's yeah. no, you know, yeah. so like they're all saying, you know, well, Delvin Cook fumbled and we would have won if he wouldn't have fumbled. That's not true. I mean, it might be true. It's a, at least, what, 40% chance true, 50% chance true, but it's not a high percentage that you're going to make a 55-yard kick. So um, where this one, again, we did have a higher percentage, I think is 88% that you're going to make that 30, what, 37-yard kick. Uh, 39, something like that. Um, and, and again, he pushed it a little right. Um, and I, who knows if we would have been up another five yards, that might've been the difference. So, uh, that's just my take. I, I just, uh, you know, I, I really just don't like the not, I think I've seen it multiple times here in the, in the chat. And I, again, appreciate all you listeners, uh, adding to the chat, please keep feeding us some content to talk about. Um, he, it seems like Zimmer was playing, you know, to not lose, um, or he was just playing scared almost because uh, he didn't yeah. want, again, to fumble. So, Yeah, I totally agree. I know someone was said, let's hope that uh, that we don't have to rely on a kick again this weekend, which I'm going to take that comment and transition into this weekend's game versus the Seattle Seahawks. Um, it's different for us. I think uh, Dalvin Cook alluded to it today. Uh, the Seahawks are actually visiting – Minneapolis. We're not going out there. Uh, he said he thought that it was like a con- 
like an obligation contractually that they had to go out to Seattle, but that is not the case. Russ Wil- Russ Wilson and, and company will be coming to U.S. Bank Stadium this weekend, um, and they will face the wrath of our fans, which, you know, I, I know they talk about the 12th man out in Seattle. For those in chat, Dave, I know you haven't been to a game yet either, um, but it, it's it can get loud in there, very loud, and that is a very real thing. And so if we want that home field advantage, we're going to need that this weekend. But let's preview this game a little bit. And I'm going to call out maybe one of my first initial concerns. Um, through t- two weeks, we've kind of seen average to subpar uh secondary play, I would say, mainly on the corners. I think Xavier Woods and Harrison Smith have done a a pretty adequate job. Um, I think Xavier Woods is actually outplaying Harrison through two weeks, Um, but I I expect that to change. But with Patrick Peterson, he had some some coverage lapses last week. Brashad Breland's kind of looked like trash through two weeks, but he was like the rising star in training camp, so that's really odd to see as well. Uh, Yeah. Cameron Dantzler came in last week, made a couple good plays. Hopefully that gets him some confidence and he can get going. But uh, my concern this week is Seattle's wide receivers versus our corners. We saw Hopkins, Moore, Green, even Max Williams, which is honestly pathetic. But we saw all of those guys torch us last weekend. And now we switch over to DK Metcalf. Uh, We got Tyler Lockett. We got Gerald Everett. We got the rookie Dwayne Estridge, right? That's his last name, right? I think it's Estridge, so. yeah. Estridge, yeah. Um, and then in the Freddie Swain. Yeah, in the backfield, you got Chris Carson. In he can receive as well. I know that that he's. Uh, I think in our last matchup against Seattle, he 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 played pretty well in the receiving game. So that's my concern. But I want to ask. Do you think it's it's even possible to kind of contain these guys this weekend? Uh, I, again, and I, and I said this on the show last week, and I'll kind of repeat it again here. Uh, we we have a hard time containing uh, scrambling quarterbacks. Quarterbacks that can move and create um, out of structure. And uh, Russ is probably, if he's not the best, he's – easily top three, top five, um, and being able to do this. Right. I mean, he, um, and and the, the best thing about him is he doesn't ever really, I mean, he does, but he rarely looks to run. I mean, he's always looking for that big play and that dude's got a cannon and he's got the, you know, the famous little moon shots that he puts over defenders and, uh, Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf comes and runs under him. So I am concerned. And and the reason why is, is not so much the receivers. I mean, obviously they're great receivers. It's going to be really hard to contain them just hypothetically say like Justin Herbert's on that team or even like Joe Burrow, it's already going to be hard to contain those receivers. But then you add the added element of, um, Russ has a significantly better line than he had last year when we played them. I mean, he got, um, I think they have Rodney Hudson on that team now. now is that correct? I, I can't I, I remember. So. They, they brought in a new center. I can't remember who it was. Uh, they traded for a new center. I know. Um, and then, uh, and then they brought in another offensive lineman to, uh, really help solidify that line. And, and I, I'm assuming you're looking it up so you can let me know, but, um, so in, in, in years past, cause we play them pretty much every year in Seattle, they've had garbage offensive line 
And that's why we've been able to keep those games close because we could take advantage of that with, you know, Daniel Hunter and, and company. But now with a, a significantly improved offensive line, a, a healthy Chris Carson, healthy DK Metcalf, um, Tyler Lockett, who's playing incredible right now. And then you have Freddie Swain, who last week really came on the scene again. I mean, he flashed a little bit last year, but he really came on the scene last game and uh, improved that, you know, they have a good third reliable option. Gerald Everett at tight end. I mean, like you said, they have a lot of weapons. So being able to contain Russ is going to be the biggest thing. Uh, again, same kind of advice I had last week. Again, I'm not a defensive coach, but trying to you know contain them inside the pocket and utilize those defensive tackles to kind of push uh, the, the the inside of the pocket up and and kind of close in on him. That's going to be the best way to do it. Um, and if we can do that, like we did with Kyler, especially in the second half, um, we have a chance. But the hard part is being able to do that and Russ not escaping and making those big plays. I'm I'm very concerned about it, but. Um, it's almost more on the offensive line that uh, Russ is going to probably have, you know, more uh, clear path to be able to make big plays than it is necessarily the receivers. Yeah. And to your point, uh, we're talking about the offensive line for Seattle. I did not see Rodney Hudson out there, but some names that people probably will know is their left tackle, obviously Dwayne Brown. Um, He is PFF's 10th ranked tackle this year. And then, uh, their starting right guard is Gabe Jackson. Um, Gabe Jackson, that's by, who it was. Yeah, who was cut by the Raiders this this off season, and and he's actually having a pretty good start to the season as well. He's their thirty third ranked guard uh, according to PFF. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I remember they at, grabbed somebody from the Raiders, and yeah, yeah, I think when we look at. Um, some of the Seattle players, and I'm guilty of this as well. I, I, I did it the first week with, with the, the Bengals. But uh, when you kind of look at these names, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't really like recognize them or they're not like household names. Uh, but a lot of them are actually pretty good. Uh, not, they're not going to like knock you on your ass or anything, but they're consistent. Um, and I think the Vikings potentially could struggle to get some pressure on Russ, especially because they're the discipline to keep him contained is something that they, to your point earlier, they have not proven that they can do. Um, even dating back previous seasons when Russ, when we went to Seattle and we played Russell Wilson, um, they've had a really difficult job containing him. Um, I, I think it was last year's game where we got really lucky because he just threw a random pick and Anthony Harris just happened to be there. Um, I'm pretty sure that was last week, but Transitioning to the other side of the ball, and Mary talked about this in the chat. Can they deal with us? Can their offense or their defense handle our offense? Like our offense is off to a phenomenal start. I have it right here. They're PFF's fourth-rated uh, passing offense in the entire NFL, only behind the Rams, the Bucks, and the second one feels a little strange to say, but the Giants as well. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, uh, you know, doing some prep for the show, I was looking at their defense earlier today and yeah, they are, they, they aren't the Seahawks of old. They, they, this isn't the Legion of boom days. I mean, their uh, defensive line is uh, filled with, you know, some cast offs. I think uh, like Carlos Dunlap's over there. Uh, They got Benson um, Mayoa and he, he is actually really good. He is one that we need to make sure. Um, hopefully he's lined up on the um, on the right side. I think uh, T- 
technically kind of plays at Leo position. So, um, so he kind of stands up and, and gets his hand in the dirt, but I think technically that position actually goes over onto the, um, um, uh, Brian O'Neill side. So that's a good thing because he's probably the best pass rusher. Um, and then, yeah, their, their interior is, you know, just some guys, Puna Ford. I, I liked him coming out. Um, I think he was out of Texas and Al Woods. Um, but again, you know, these aren't, these aren't like the Bengals. When I mentioned the Bengals D line was those D tackles were underrated. These guys aren't underrated. They're just not that great. So we should be able to have some running lanes against this team. Obviously you always have to worry about Bobby Wagner, um, he is elite. He's one of the top two, three linebackers in the in the NFL. But his supporting cast, again, is not the Seahawks of old. Uh, you do not have um, K.J. Wright there anymore. He made a ton of plays for them. Uh, you don't have um, – I'm for drawing a blank on his name, but you know he was the um, Malcolm Smith, right? The the Super Bowl MVP mm-hmm. that one year they won the Super Bowl. You don't have these guys, and their secondary, um, while they do have good safeties, I really like uh, like Quander Diggs. I think he's a really good uh, free safety. Jamal Adams is a liability in coverage. Uh, he's a great blitzer. I uh, might as well just make him a D end, but he's he's a liability in coverage, and their corners are nothing to be right home about. I mean, I like DJ Reed a bit. Um, but you know they're nothing to write home about. So we should have some ability um, if we if we can get our receivers to um, you know play like they have been. I mean KJ Osborne's been great. Um, Adam Thielen's been great. I think I saw somewhere in maybe one of the chats we're in today, um, uh, or maybe just under my timeline that we we've completed. I think like is it 19 out of 20 passes between those two alone? And then, you know, more of the incompletes are coming to Justin Jefferson's way. Um, yeah. I think Will Raggett's had mentioned that today. Um, yeah. So, you know, keep beating those guys, keep running great routes. You should be able to get open against these guys uh, and the run game should be open. So I'm, th- I'm thinking we're going to have another high scoring game this week. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, I'm actually a little bit more concerned, I think with the secondary than you are. Um, you know, when we talk about some of these guys out there, uh, we have Brandon or not Brandon Flowers, Trey Flowers, um, who, who's played decently well. Um, DJ Reed is a name that people are probably familiar with. You've talked about Quandre Diggs, uh, Jamal Adams as well. Um, I think what concerns me, and this is probably another game for KJ Osborne to kind of break out, um, or it's no longer breaking out, right? This is just being who he is he's had two solid consistent yeah um but flip mentioned it on sunday in the final score and i didn't put this in the show notes so we're kind of going off path here but uh justin jefferson whether it's his ac sprain from training camp whatever it is he has been inconsistent through two games this year he is the superstar yep mary Perfect comment right there. Where That's exactly what I'm going for. His play so far, he's in a sophomore slump. Um, through all of last year, he's had four. He had four drops in all of last year's games. He's had a drop in each game through this season. He doesn't look mentally uh, prepared. He's not gaining the separation that we're used to him getting. There's some catches that we expect him to make that he's just not quite doing um and i don't know if it's mental i don't know if it has to do with he's still worried about his shoulder uh which is understandable like i get it when you have an injury um it's going to take a little bit and 
yes, Allison, it is your fault for drafting him to your fantasy team. Um, but I saw you shaking your head right away. I think you're going to disagree with me, but I am going to call Justin Jefferson out right now uh, to pick his shit up because he should be wide receiver one, not Adam Thielen. And we can't have these little mental errors that are going on week in and week out. Yeah, I mean, I, I just have a hard time uh, calling him or putting him in a sophomore slum. I mean, sure, he's, he's not had, an Oklahoma you know, player, Ryan. You can you can I, lay in. I, I get it. Yeah, you know, I mean, we would have been better off a of CD Lamb, like I said, but no, um, I, I wouldn't say that he's in a sophomore slump. I, I think that you know, obviously, he's getting their the best on their team each and every week right now. Um, versus last year, he didn't get that towards the end of the se- until towards the end of the season. So he's getting the you know the best you know travel corner that goes with them if if they have one, right? And you know, like one of the drops he had was in between two defenders. Yes very catchable ball. We are used to him making that last year, but I mean, that's a diving jump in between two defenders that yes, it goes through his hands. He should have made the catch, but like the degree of difficulty on that catch is very, very difficult. So like, you know, who's not you know, if, he, if he's though. KJ Osborne. Yes, I, exactly. I get it. But, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, when you are going up against the best and you're, oftentimes getting double covered and you're ma- trying to make these diving attempts. I, I, again, he got credited for a drop that was literally he's running full speed, has to almost completely stop because the ball's behind him because Kirk threw it behind him in game one. Like, sure, yes, he should have caught that. He should catch that ball. But also help help your player out. I mean, you know, you got to throw him open. You can't just throw where he is. You got to throw to where he's going to be. And that was part of my issues with Kirk game one. This time, again, the, the drop he had – Sure. It, it's a, it's a, it's a drop, but it was an, inc- the degree of difficulty on that catch was incredibly hard. I'm going to give him a pass on that one. Of course. Yeah. Did I get up and yell, Hey, you got to make that catch Jefferson. Of course I did. But y- when you look back at that, that play, it's an incredibly hard catch. If Diggs doesn't make that catch sometimes Thielen has missed that catch sometimes, right? Like guys that were, were used to show. seeing make it. No, no, no I know. But um, so, no, I'm not ready to say he's in a sophomore slump. I mean, I, I still think he's putting up decent yardage. Um, yeah, he's dropped a couple balls. You're right. I think he's probably favoring that shoulder just a little bit. But at the same time, again, he's playing some of the best competition now each and every week. Um, they're going to very much target him. And that's what's opening up KJ Osborne. That's uh, as well as his good route running. But he's not seeing double coverage. Uh, that's what's opening up Adam Thielen, who's also not getting as much double coverage this year as he was last yeah. year. So. Um, so if anything, again, excited. it's kind of what, it's kind of what happened to, uh, to, to Diggs, you know, the, mm-hmm. the final year he was with us, he was, you know, once he kind of broke out the year before in 17, I think it was, he started getting a bunch of double teams and that opened up Adam Thielen for everything. Right. Uh, and then they started double teaming both of them. And then we were screwed because we didn't have a third receiver at the time. So, um, He'll come around. He's going to break some of those. He's going to, you know, make some incredible catches this year. I I have zero, um, I have zero concern about Justin Jefferson right now. Dan, slander digs again in the comments, and I'll make sure that Dave bans you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, I'm not going to be super doom or doom on this, and I'm not, I'm not going to die on the hill of. Justin Jefferson in a sophomore slump. Uh, what I will say, though, is the Vikings clearly trust him 
uh, maybe even more than Diggs. And, and that's a lot for me to say because I know Raymond asked in the question how many balls were thrown his way. He had 10 targets last week. Um, I'm not sure what week one was. I'm sure it's it was probably up there as well. And so the Vikings are going to continue to try and get looks his way. Um, it's just going to be up to him to to kind of, you know, get his swagger back a little bit. What's up, Dave? To answer that question, Justin Jefferson has had 18 targets, nine in each game. He caught five in the first one and six in the second one for a total of 11 of 19. He has had PFF only credits him with two drops. I thought I've seen more, but that's all PFF credits him as. Yeah, I think. And, and again, point, and PF, yeah, PFF won't. Uh, yeah, PFF won't ding him if again the ball is behind him or if the ball if they don't deem the ball catchable. Um, so again, okay. even the even the one that he dropped in between the two defenders, I think they did credit him for that. The one that, that one where he's running full speed and the ball's behind you. Yeah, I, I remember the slant where it was behind him. That was definitely not his fault. Kirk was off target. Um, and I'm not sure if I, – I don't think that PFF charged him with the one that was a little bit high towards the red zone. Um, if, well, if he got one drop, so he must have got credited for those and one. I was always taught anyway. if you get your hands on the ball, you need to catch it, period. <laughs> and as Dan was saying, yeah. Chris Carter was the best receiver hands-wise, soft hands-wise, that we've ever And they had. didn't have those gloves back then. Nope. It was all skin. <laughs> Um, so let's, let's, let's round out this Vikings preview. Let's hit the lightning round hard. Uh, but before we get there, what are your keys to victory this weekend for the Vikings? Yeah. Um, I, I think that our run game, our run, uh, defense really needs to show up and where we're getting hurt in the run defense is outside the, outside the tackles, you know, uh, you know, those outside zone runs, um, is really where we're getting hurt, uh, in the run game. So we're doing well up the middle Pierce and Tomlinson for the most part are doing their job. Um, it's, it's, you know, Hunter and, and, um, you know, Wanham, Weatherly, uh, whoever's in that, you know, out, you know, that, uh, other defensive end position and then our linebackers who are the ones and, of course, corner safeties, whatever, that are, you know, starting to kind of hurt us in the run game. So we need to make sure we pick that up. If we can slow down this run game and make them one-dimensional, even though that's probably the best part of their game, they are very similar to us, at least traditionally, in the fact that they like to run, utilize that play-action pass. They like to kind of stall that defense for half a second, give Russ that extra half a second to get those receivers open more to create. Um, if we can do that, and then again, as I mentioned earlier in the in the show here, if we can try our best to keep uh, Wilson contained into the pocket, don't let him scramble out, don't let him, you know, be able to make plays outside that pocket. I think that that's going to be our best chance at winning this game. Because as I said before, as you've said, and as a lot of viewers have said, our offense is rolling right now. And we need to be able to allow them to, to run up some points. And we're not going to be able to stop Russ. We just need to contain him like we did Kyler Murray in the second half of last week's game. Stay disciplined. That's the first one. We cannot have penalties like we had versus the Bengals. I think last week was a lot, lot better. Um, and I thought in the comment, Michael Skoll said it, game management and being aggressive the whole game. I think it's a delicate balance, but... 
I'm going to spin this in a way that's going to make me sound like a homer a little bit. Uh, <laughs> this is the perfect scenario for being 0-2 because you get to come home in a place where you need to be aggressive. And being at home allows you to be a bit more aggressive because you have the fans, you have the home field advantage. And so if you make a mistake while you're being aggressive, you can overcome that a lot easier than when you're on the road. And so I totally agree, Michael. I, th- I think you're dead on there. I want to see them do kind of what they did in Arizona. Where we were up 20-7 to 7 at one point, um, and I want to see that pedal to the metal, bury them. Don't look back. You know what? Like We have a season to get back on the right track, and I want Zimmer, if you're close to midfield, within reasonable range, not Zach Taylor range, but reasonable, uh, go for it if you're close to a first down. Uh, you know, if you don't trust Greg Joseph, go for two. Analytics would say that that's probably the right choice anyway, um, at least a few times a game. So um, 100%, I think those are your keys to victory, uh, what Ryan said, and then also, you know, staying aggressive and, uh, and you know, let let Kirk cook, right? That's what we should do. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and to, 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 to kind of throw a little positivity in here too, or maybe it's just some yes. optimism, I should say, is that, um, you know, all things, you know, all things being equal, right? Uh, week one, Arizona Cardinals completely shit stomped the Titans and they embarrassed them. And then week two, we go to Arizona and we put up a fight. I mean, all intents and purposes, we probably should have won that game. And, you know, sure, we lose on a miss, you know, 37-yard field goal or whatever it was. Uh, but we, we brought him to the edge. And then last week, the Titans go to Seattle, or not to Seattle. I think it was a home game for the Titans. but And they beat him in overtime. So if the Titans get destroyed by the Cardinals and we almost beat the Cardinals and then the, the Titans go and beat the, the Seahawks, we should be able to stomp them. And we're at home. So let's do that. Let's get let's get Kirk cooking. Let's get Cook cooking. Uh, let's have Zam and Hunter, you know, create some defensive schemes that are going to get out there and sack Russ. And let's do this damn thing. We, uh, we have the blueprint. And a win will, will kind of cover up everything uh, through, through these first couple weeks. So, uh, Dave... Do we have music for a lightning round? No, it's the one thing I forgot to get this week. That's oh right. man! Well, everyone can just pretend there's some like fast-paced like music going on, whatever. Because we're going into lightning round. It's a new thing we introduced last week. Uh, I got some comments, and and people seem to like it. So uh, it's only two of us this week. So we'll just kind of go back and forth. Unless, do you want to just take them all, Ryan? Or do you have the show? No, we can go back and forth. We'll we'll, we'll go back and forth. Let's go back and forth. So first part of lightning round, we're going to go over under. um, And I'm going to start with you, Ryan. Chris Carson, 100 yards. Um, I want to keep in mind and let the guests know that in, I think it's the six games or five games that Chris Carson has played the Vikings. He has never eclipsed. I take that back. He averages 81.3 yards a game. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that he's going to go under here. I think we're going to focus in on the run game. I think we're going to contain him um, and, and make Russ beat us in that sense. Um, and I'm going to do one better. We're going to he's going to go under his average. So I'm, I'm hoping for like a six, 60 yard Chris Carson day. Dave, are you and I don't like that because he's on my son's yeah, fantasy team. So I, I don't I don't like him not scoring and stuff. But, um, you know, my son's fantasy team is going to have to take a hit for that one for one week. Hell yeah. What no. about you, Dave? You- Carson's going under. Under. All I right. I think they're going to work Dave- on the edge stuff, and the middle's already blocked. If Dave's here, I'm going to just keep. I'm going to keep flowing out the the questions here. Because um, oh, yeah. I don't. I don't want to be wrong, and you guys like being right. Hey, so. Mary says under, so it's got to be under. Hey, let's go. Uh, Ryan over or under Russell Wilson three touchdowns. I'm combining pass and rushing. In six games, not including the playoffs, he's averaged 2.3 touchdowns per game. I'm going to go over. Um, I think he, uh, again, if we're doing pass and pass and rush, uh, I think he's going to account for at least three, maybe four, actually. Wow. Dave? Three passing touchdowns or three touchdowns total? It, touchdowns total, rushing or passing. I'll go over, but it's for evil in- intent. You got him on your fantasy team? No, no. I am not playing any games this season. First season in probably two decades. I am not playing a single fantasy game. I'm missing the best game in existence, which resides over on the Gallahorn page on Facebook, which is called Game of Skull. But, no. It's for a different reason, and we'll get there when we get to predictions. Uh, yeah. Before we finish this lightning round, GMAC joined. Uh, GMAC72 joined the, the chat, asked if this was a daily show. This is a weekly show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central. You can come in and watch us, or you can listen to the podcast, which goes live on Thursday. Um, there's also a plethora of other shows that Climb in the Pocket does, which I'll let Dave talk about at the end, which is coming up. But we're not done yet. We're still in the lightning round. Just imagine this music pumping in the background. Um, we talked about it. We talked about it earlier, Ryan. Uh, over or under Justin Jefferson one drop. I guess it should be Slo- like sophomore right? slump. Be damned! We're getting zero drops from Justin Jefferson this week. All right, Dave, are you buying the sophomore slump? I know that's our next section technically, but uh, over or under one drop. I think he figures it out. I agree with Ryan. Zero drops. All right. I like that optimism. I hope it happens. Um, Fun fact here. uh, I put Dalvin Cook over or under 70 yards rushing. I don't think Dalvin, off the top of my head, uh, has ever rushed over, I think it was 64 yards versus Seattle. Wow. Um, and by the way, real quick, I know we're in lightning round, but I found his uh, comment funny that he thought that there was like a contract in place that we can only play in Seattle. <laughs> he said that today <laughs> to the reporters. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go over, uh, unless, unless he stays dinged up. I mean, I uh, you know, mine's was an asterisk as long as he's healthy. Um, obviously he was pretty banged up and I think he was limited today. I think Dave, you put yeah, up things he was out earlier today. Did he was, was he fully out? Okay. Yeah. I couldn't, I, I didn't have time to read that. Team. So. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, as long as he's healthy and, you know, uh, I, I think he goes over, I think we're going to make it a point of focus like we did this last week. And again, I don't think that they have the players up front to be able to stuff the run. They have Bobby Wagner. As long as we make some sort of effort to, you know, contain him, I think he's going to get loose. Dave? Uh, 70 yards rushing. 70? If he's healthy, yeah. I think he'll get 70. All right. Dan says 130 total, so receiving mm. and rushing. Hey, I hope he does. Love it, Dan. I, yeah. Yeah. Everyone, feel free to blow up the chat with what you think on these comments. Uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say. We got one more over-under, then we'll switch to the buy-sell section. Uh, Vikings defense, three sacks. Oh, that's a tough one. You know, the, 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 the beauty and the, um, the, you know, the, the bitter and the sweet, I guess, of Russell Wilson is he can extend those plays and he does make the big plays, but that also makes him much more susceptible to sacks. Um, Hunter did a great job last week of doing that to a rushing quarterback. Um, he got three on his own. Um, I've been really optimistic this whole show on every all of these over-unders, so I'm going to go <laughs> under just to even myself out a little. All right, all right. Dave no. loves the trenches. Nah, he says going no, over. though. No, those guys are going to feast. Oh, you say going <laughs> over three sacks. Let's go. I'm down with that. Everson will be um, back. Hunter will hunt. Um, you may even throw one of them in there and uh, throw in uh, Pierce or Tomlinson for the other one. I feel like Tomlinson's due for a sack. I feel like a lot of people have been uh, reaping the benefits of that D line thus far. Michael Pierce saw the two sacks earlier. I think it's I think it's Tomlinson's turn or Sheldon Richardson. Um, let's switch to buy sell. Ryan, I'm going to start with you here. Kirk Cousins and his continued success. He's he's pretty hot through two games. I think he's PFF's number four rated quarterback, maybe five. Um, are you buying or selling this hot start? by Kirk Cousins. Well, he usually gets hot in October. He's getting hot in, in, in September here. Um, however, um, again, <laughs> well, so th- this is tough for me to answer because, again, he was he was hot game one, and I didn't like his play game one. I didn't think that he was hot game one, but I did think he was in game two. So um, I'm going to say I'm going to buy aggressive. it. it I, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to I'm going to say that it continues. And the reason why is because Kirk is really good at figuring out a way to get paid. And uh, <laughs> he, he knows that this is extension year essentially for him. Um, and, and if and if not, it's going to be trade year where he's going to get extended right away from another team. Um, so yeah. he's going to put on, you know, his best effort this year. And apparently everyone's saying there's a different fire to him. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to buy and, and which is odd for me to say, cause I, I've not ever really been that, you know, Kirk believer, but I'm going to go ahead and believe it this year. Dave, are you I, buying or selling Kirk? No, Cousins? I agree. Kirk's motivated. And last week yeah. he was more taking, he got, he got criticized for the short dump offs in week one. Last week he took shots further downfield. That will continue yep. this week. He is hot. He is motivated. Um, hey, watch and he navigated the pocket helps. really well. So I think it, yeah. I think it's going to work. I think he's going to be hot. I think 
I'm going to buy it too, and I think that a lot of the same points that you guys said, he's got a different demeanor about him this year, and I don't know if it's like to stick it to Zimmer. I don't know if it's to stick it to the people who are pissed off at him about the vaccine. I don't know if it's to get a new contract extension, but there is a different demeanor about him. We saw it week one versus the Bengals. He hit Adam Thielen for that touchdown, and I I swear that was the turning point. He didn't look back after that. He finished that game hot. He finished or he started the Cardinals game hot. So I saw a report or heard a report this week. He's even different in the locker room. Zimmer commented on his leadership today. This week. Um, yes. His, he's got a different approach, and it's working I wanna, so far. I want to say, I think it was like a month or two cool. ago, we had Matt Freese on the show, a uh, fellow member of Climbing the Pocket, and my bold prediction of the season was Kirk Cousins would be in the MVP conversation when we got to like got this to Christmas. End. So I'm ready to go back and clip that and uh, you know do my little strut. Uh, if that comes to fruition, let's continue wrong. Yeah. Special teams. Start winning uh, for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can't be in the MVP conversation if you're not winning games, uh, unless you're Adrian Peterson and you luck us to a, a wild card. Um, Ryan, are you buying or selling the special teams through two games? They're fifth ranked uh, PFF rated special teams right now. I'm going to buy. Um, Again, I you know kick our, our kicker uh, obviously just the fact that you know what that kind of missed kick can do to you mentally is tough. But you know, in terms of coverage, in terms of returning, um, I think uh, Amir Smith Marset's doing a fine job. Not great, but he's doing okay at the uh, kick return job. I know everyone was just shaming D.D. Westbrook for that that play last week. Again, we're trying to make a play. Uh, he had a good return earlier in the game. This is the first kind of gap, and again, he lost us four yards. It's not like he, you know, lost us the game or anything. Again, four yards, getting closer to the one yard line—that's tough. You don't want to do that. It's kind of a rookie mistake, uh, and he's definitely far from a rookie. Uh, it's his fifth season, but um, but you know, I also understand you're pressed. You want to make a play. We need a big play to kind of get back into the game at that point. Um, I, I had no issue with it outside of the fact that it ended up on the one. But we lost four yards. People were crying about it. And then he had a great punt return right after that. And nobody said a word about, you know, the good punt return he put up. I think it was 16 yards. So um, I, I like the special teams play. I'm excited about it. I hope it continues. Dave? I'm buying that too. Um, I also think Joseph will figure it out. There was enough people that said, you know, his head was down. He did this. He did that that he'll take that and like a golfer when, well, you brought your club back too far inside, right? There's there's ways to fix it. He'll see that. He'll be fine. He seemed to, even after the fact, have the right mental attitude of, yeah, I mix it, missed it. I'm going to fix it. I didn't know exactly what at what time. He's going to watch the film. He's going to diagnose it. That will be fixed. The punting's been great. The coverage teams have been spectacular compared to last year. Um, I'm buying. Uh, GMAC commented, if Kirk wins the Vikings the Super Bowl, sign him to a lifetime contract. Three years sure. max is what I'd give him. No, no, no. I got to put, <laughs> I gotta put <laughs> a cap on it at some point. Well, I uh, said, he's gonna retire I said last point, year. Hey, I just want one. <laughs> I said last year on Good Morning Gallahorn, if the Vikings win a Super Bowl, I'll help design the statue for Cousins and Zimmer. Okay, count me in. 
Um, I'm going to toss this one to you first, Dave, because you've been on the second half lately. Uh, are you buying or selling Nick Vigil through two games? Buying. Uh, I think you're. I'm, all- at the, I'm at the point where I'm ready to trade Anthony Barr and his. Oh wow! And his Sam Bradford knees. Um, he's got arthritic knees. He may play this week. Um, even if he does play, he rarely l- plays up to the hype he gets. Yeah, he did early in his career. But it hasn't been since. Um, no, I think Nick Vigil should be our second linebacker uh, behind Kendricks. Kendricks is all world. Um, he's doing well. I'm buying. I'm not worried if Barr takes his time to get back now. All right. Ryan, he's the 29th ranked linebacker according to PFF. Yeah, I was say, I mean, I, I guess I don't. I haven't like deep dived into the statistics and analytics of how well he's been playing. I know he had the pick six, great, good for you. Um, uh, it was a great play, by the way. It really was. But um, you know, I, I, I don't know how well he's actually playing. Is he playing? Real? I mean, I guess if you're the 29th best in in the league out of you know, some teams have four linebackers, some people have three, some people only play two. Um, Sure. Yeah. Why not? Let's be positive. Okay. I, I, you know, why not? He, he's, you know, he got a pick six. Uh, he almost had a fumble recovery. If he could have got that dang toe in, uh, which probably would have won us a game too. Uh, a lot of different plays that could have won us that game. Um, yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right. Uh, we'll do a couple more. I have a surprise one in there for you. I didn't tell you guys about, but um, I just want to ask you guys, this one's kind of random, but we're owing to Dave. Are you vi- buying the Vikings as a playoff team? They can be. They're talented enough. Well, I gotta know. Are you gonna buy it? You're supposed to buy the dips, technically. Was <laughs> <laughs> this Dogecoin? No, they they should be. Put it that way. They should be. I'm gonna be disappointed when they're not. So, are you buying or selling, Dave? I'm throwing my money away. Yes, I'm buying. Hey, let's go. (laughs) There we go. I I know Ryan's Um, a sucker for buying the dips. I I do like buying the dips, um, but I also like to be a calculated buyer when I buy the dips, and I'm not going to buy this dip. I'm sorry. Um, You're selling. I I really don't want to be negative, especially on a Vikings show. Um, I just – the two games that we've lost already were supposed to be the winners of these first four. Uh, I thought we were going to go two and two in the first four, and I thought it was going to be the first two we'd win and the next two we'd lose. Um, now, I do have optimism we can win this game. I have more optimism than I had at the beginning of the season. Um, but to start one and three, it, it's going to be tough to make a playoff uh, at, at one and three. And again, yes, I'm already buying the fact that we're going to lose to the Browns. So um, I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to be right in that situation. I want us to be a playoff team. I'm just not willing to throw my money on it. That's fair enough. I'm going to buy it. I think the offense is good enough. Uh, I think if they can just right the ship a little bit. I, I, I said it this earlier this week. If they can, they're going to surprise us and for some reason just go two and two. But it's going to be the two we don't expect. Um, and and hopefully that just writes the ship. Um, the surprise one is is mainly for Dave. I know his answer, but I I, I just want to get him pumped up. Are you buying or selling Ezra Cleveland? <laughs> oh hell yes. I'm buying. I'm putting a big chunk down. I want majority share, baby. That's mine. 
Ezra Cleveland is the real deal. He's doing outstanding at left guard. Hey, Ole Udo's doing great at right guard. Um, I'm loving it. The only thing we need to do is get Darisaw off that. He is practicing today, limited, and get him in because uh, Rashad Hill is a backup tackle. Yeah. Dave loves his offensive lineman. Uh, Ryan, real quick, Biner selling Ezra. Um, he I'll buy with odds. I'll, I'll buy with odds. Um, <laughs> I, you know, that, that, oh, that first game let was me not show good. you the, the first tape. game really was not good. The first game was not good, but he did play much better this week. I think the uh, defensive like, – the guys he was going against this week were much worse than week one. Uh, but he did play much better this week. Um, so I, I'm comfortable buying, but I want like, I don't know, you know, one and a half to one odds. I want to make a little extra money on my investment. For me, I, I'd be doubling down if I bought. And, and so I will because I, I, he was my take-a-leap candidate. <laughs> um, I, so I go. will double down on Ezra Cleveland. Um, and I hope with the addition of Darisaw coming back eventually, that only boosts his level of play. Um, I'm going to give you each one of these headlines, and then we'll head to predictions because we're go- going a little over time here. Um, Ryan is co-host. I'll let you pick which one you want, okay? I know Dave does all the background work for producing, but as, as, as newly named co-host, uh, do you want to go with the headline, you like that, or is it time to panic? Um, and for everyone in the chat or listening, I just give them a headline and they tell me what happens in Sunday's game to get to that headline. I'll, uh, I'll do is it time to panic because I know Dave really wants to do the you like that. I can tell he really <laughs> wants it. So um, my so the headline, is it time to panic? I think that um, I don't want to give away my stuff here, but I think we're going to have a situation in which we're not going to have a favorable result. And uh, and we're going to ask that question. Is it time to panic? Um, I'm not sure what that result is going to be yet. Is it going to be um, Dalvin Cook doesn't play? Is it going to be Kirk Cousins has a bad game? Uh, or do we lose the game? Or is it going to be a big win, but maybe one of our good guys gets hurt or something? I'm not sure. So um, Ooh, you know, a lot of options with there. that one. A lot of options with that one. All right, Dave. You wake up Monday morning. I know you're not in the cities here, but Star Tribune reads, you like that right on the sports page. What happened? Kirk Cousins threw for five touchdowns, and the Vikings defeat the Seattle Seahawks by 20 points. Whoa! Holy buckets. I hope that comes to fruition. Let's speak that into existence. It may take magic mushrooms to get there, but you like that? All right, let's go. Um, We have game predictions before we close out the show. And, Mary, you're still here. We don't have a guest this week, if if you guys didn't notice. Um, Mary, I would like you to be our honorary guest. So if you could put your score prediction uh, in the chat, uh, we will count you as the guest this week. Uh, Just to give a recap, Dave and I and the guests are 0-2, well, throughout the season. Ryan did pick Arizona to win last week. He should be the one that's 0-2, not us. But we carry on anyway. So I will start this week. God, one of these weeks, I got to be right. 
I think coming home in the Vikings have that home field advantage. We have a 12th man here. That skull chant is going to rock this world. Seattle's not going to know what hit him. I think Seattle's actually overrated. Um, Score-wise, I think it will be high scoring. I'm going to go 30-24 to 24 Vikings win. But it won't be as close as, you, as the score indicates. I think Seattle maybe gets like a garbage time touchdown. So 30-24 Vikings. Ryan? Dan Henneman stepped on my touchdown call. I'm sitting here. I, I, you know, all week I've been thinking about this. I think I was ready to just ride off the Vikings and give us a, give us a loss in this one. But you know what? I'm going to be at the game. My best friend I haven't seen in three years is going to be joining me at the game, as well as some of his buddies. I get to see Matt and Miles that morning. I get to meet Flip Mozzie that morning. Um, we're going to have a great time. I'm probably going to be drunk, which is going to be great. Dave's asking me to do join this whole, um, you know, uh, what's the show called again? The the, the final the final score, score um, baby. Live, live from the game. I don't think you anyone's going to want me to be on that show because I'm probably going to Flip's going to join. But, well, we're gonna be we're gonna be there. We're gonna be there, and we're gonna win this game. We're gonna be thirty four thirty one. Walk off kick. Greg Joseph redeems himself. Let's go. All right, Dave. Before we toss it to you here, uh, we got Mary's prediction in the chat. Mm-hmm. Um, she is predicting a thirty one to twenty Vikings victory. Um, so we love that. And Dave. Leave us with the final prediction and, and take us home. I have gone 0 for 2 this season. I've picked the Vikes. I've been wrong. I'm going to continue with that I've been wrong theme. I'm picking Seattle by 1. Let's go 34-33 Seattle. Ooh. Just because I, I, I've Dave. been wrong. No, I, I love what Dave's doing here. Dave's been doing it all show, and I love it because either he looks like a genius next week when we come back, um, <laughs> or he's trying to jinx Seattle. Uh, and, and oh, there's Flip Mozzie, uh, and he's trying to jinx Seattle, and then the Vikings win. So I, I'm here for it. I love it, Dave. Dave, I am stunned over here. There is zero chance. I thought you were gonna. You just. I thought you. I were know. Gonna have a I am probably. The most optimistic of all Vikings fans on climbing the pocket. Because I've been around for so long. I'm aged. Um, (laughs) I've seen it all. I just want a Vikings win. And if it takes me picking Seattle to get a Vikings win, I pick Seattle. Whatever it takes. All right. Whatever Whatever it takes. takes. All for the team, baby. Everybody, uh... Thank you for joining us tonight on Vikings Happy Hour. Uh, This was a fun, long show, and I'm very excited uh, for Sunday. And, um, yeah, make sure you come back next week. Dave, what do we have uh, on the docket here? Hey, um, tomorrow night we have Flip and Eric Thompson back for Viking Hot Takes. The collaboration, the literally the one-on-one collaboration between Climbing the Pocket and Daily Norseman asking six questions 
seven if somebody sends me a video of one on the hottest topics of the Vikings, for the Vikings, for the week. And then, um, <laughs> yes, Flip, I'm in a squirkle. Um, <laughs> um, and then on Saturday, you get myself and Darren Campbell. And if you don't know, Darren Campbell was of Kick-Ass Blogs. And before that, it was Grant's Tomb for those that are older and remember the blog days. Um, he lives up now in Yellowknife, Canada. And he brings his Vikings take every week. It's very educated. We have good discussion. And we talk your pregame. We'll go over some of the stats, what to expect. And uh, how we hope the game goes. And then, of course, like I said, we have game day. We should have, hopefully, live check-ins by Mr. Ryan Ortega and Flip Mozzie, who will be there. And uh, it goes on from there. Let's hope that uh, Vikings stomp the sea check-ins. Let's go. Skull, baby. Skull, everybody! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody! Skull, everybody!